0: hello and welcome to the field of 68 best bets show presented by bet rivers it is march we are the three-man weave and we're excited that the calendar has finally turned away from february because the tournament gym is oh so soon conference tournaments are happening this week and next week leading up to selection sunday we got some other regular season games in there still but man nothing better than conference tournament season in my opinion Except that first weekend in March, excuse me, first weekend in the tournament in mid-March when we go to Vegas.
1: Uh, I can't wait. It's the best time of the year. Jim, takeaways from yesterday. What you got? First one, worried about Kai Ziegler for Tennessee. Went down non-contact. Looked really, he was in a lot of pain. Did not return. Supposedly getting a scan today. We'll see where that goes. That certainly even more limits Tennessee. They talk about how much he's their Heartbeat of that team. Uh, San Diego State. I have some real concerns Uh, going all the way back to last year against Creighton. End of game execution. Then earlier this year in Maui against Arkansas. Last night against Boise. Could not score in the final four minutes. In fact, I don't think they did score. Really, really troubling. They don't have a late game offense. It's Matt Bradley taking fadeaway jumpers. It's, It's a serious issue. So definitely a little worried a bit about San Diego State. And then that last takeaway, I'm lost on totals. One in seven, my last best bet totals, last eight. So, yeah, I, I got to figure something out.
2: I'm just laughing at myself. If you saw my totals record this year, it's, uh, oh, it's, it's not great. It's the reason why I'm uh, where I am. But uh, I'm less worried about the Aztecs. I just feel like that Max Rice thing was so insane that nine times out of ten, it do- doesn't happen. They end up holding on. Uh, my takeaway, though, was Arkansas. Tennessee, yeah, the, the Ziegler thing was notable, but maybe we overreacted in Arkansas against um, Alabama. Alabama was like two of twenty-four from three, and they were still down ten late. Like maybe I we got too excited about the Nick Smith resurgence, and I need to pump the brakes on Arkansas, Kai. I also fell into that trap last night. Final takeaway: Big Ten home teams. How about Indiana? Nope. How about uh, Nebraska? Nope. So um, a
0: trend's only a trend uh, as long as it lasts, Kai. So just uh, something to keep in mind. That's right, trend does not predict the future. That is, that is the case. It's fun to talk about on, on video and, and form narratives around it for writing purposes, but not something to rewrite on solely. Uh, yeah, Tennessee, Arkansas clearly a takeaway from me as well. Um, I think part of it is you know, we forgot how good Tennessee is. Tennessee is good, they're, they're still a very good team. Uh, impressive win by them. VCU, they won the A10 outright, so claps for the Rams, slew. Not a great season for them. Um, uh we'll see what they can do in the A 10 tournament. Same goes for Dayton. That should be an interesting one, the A10 tournament. You got a bunch of teams who basically underachieved all season. Be curious to see how that ends. Maybe somebody unexpected. Again, that's what makes March great. All right. Let's get started with the real shit here. Texas at TCU in the Big 12 is where we are starting. I'm still team TCU. Guys, I'm gonna put I'm gonna start it off with that. But who have they beaten recently? Since January 21st, their win at Kansas, They're 4-6, and six. their wins, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech. That's a little concerning to me. I know Mike Miles is now the lineup, Matt, but still, this TCU team needs to prove something to me going forward for me to really trust them in the NCAA tournament.
2: Yeah, I mean, just from tonight's matchup perspective, it feels like more of a spot angle for Texas. Everything else about the matchup and just the team in general, I like UCU better. I think they're a little bit you know relative to Texas' value in the market, I tend to think they are the slightly the better uh value pick. But uh, at this point in the season, especially in these power conference matchups, I think just the situational spot means way more than everything else. So you're catching TCU um off that you know crazy one at Texas Tech against Texas, who just lost over the weekend. I just think Texas based on that alone, Jim. But uh, nothing profound. But the current numbers sitting at two and a half. Some people are coming in on the Horn Frogs. Maybe if it gets up to three or four, I might bet the horns, but nothing strong for me.
1: Yeah. Big lean to TCU for me here. Um, I actually gave this out on green dot daily on action network. Uh, Not my best bet for this show, but definitely in TCU, Uh, Texas is three and six against the spread on the road this year, not covering by an average of two per game. I don't, I don't think that's especially strong. And I do think this version with miles of TCU is so much better. Uh, The hoop Explorer on off stuff has them 10 points better. I know some people, are not a huge fan of on-off stats, but I think that matches the eye test. They're significantly better with them out there. Uh, they don't have a ton of shooting, but I think you can still score inside against Texas. Kai, in the first meeting, TCU like controlled the entire thing. They were up 10 to 15 for like 25 of the 40 minutes. Kind of gave it away late, rather unfortunate. Not a, not an awesome closing performance on the road, but I think we've seen the evidence that they can beat this Texas team, and, and they will do so at home. So definitely lean towards Horn Frogs for me. Yeah, game one, Texas
0: led by as many as 18 points, or excuse me, TCU led by as many as 18. Longhorns came back, they won it, um, but I do think TCU can compete. Texas off that road loss to Baylor, TCU at home, maybe that kind of gives them a the little jolt that they need over the hump here. This is a pretty big game for them for S-curve purposes in the NCAA tournament. They're sort of stuck in the five through seven no man's land territory would definitely be up towards that five instead of the seven lines. So big game for them. And in the big 12 tournament seating uh, process as well, uh, I lean towards TCU minus two and a half. Next game here in the big East, it's Xavier at Providence, the Friars minus three and a half at home. Game one was awesome. Xavier pulled out a, an overtime win after blowing a 14 point lead at their place. Jim without Fremantle, Xavier's been a little pedestrian for my taste, just four and three, Straight up, 4-3 against the spread as well, but their wins. Providence and OT, St. John's, DePaul, and a shorthanded Seton Hall team. Doesn't inspire a ton of confidence. What do you think?
1: Yeah, and some of their losses also just as uninspiring at this stage. Uh, big change with Xavier's, how much slower they're playing. I ran a little analysis before the show on teams that played slower in February versus their full season total, and they're way down. Kai, that's why this total is eight and a half points lower than Ken Palm. It's been hit with an absolute hammer down. Wow. I opened 157 in some places offshore. It's now 151 and a half. Ken Palm has it 160. A lot of people sniffing out that template change with Xavier. Matt, I kind of think that's gone too far. I'm starting to like the over, um, yeah. given how, how low it is, but it's. If- to get too excited about given that it doesn't seem like Xavier's interested in running as much anymore and even the first meeting between these two was not fast only 72 possessions in overtime so that you know you uh prorate that for 40 minutes and it's down like 65 that's not fast so uh, not a strong take people have clearly hinted onto that um and then from a side perspective I lean Xavier I don't love Providence as a home favorite uh Cooley splits definitely weaker there but uh I did not end up betting this game Matthias
2: Yeah, another thing, too, is I saw Desmond Clouds played a ton the last two games for Xavier. He's like a defensive, you know, more of a defensive-minded Swiss Army knife type piece uh, they really like. Just look at Sean Miller's history, right? I mean, Arizona, um, you know, he played at a slower, more mediocre pace. You know, it was more of a gritty, grimy, physical type of identity. Obviously, a ton of talent there. uh, But just what we saw from Xavier the first two, three months of the year wasn't really like, in line with our perception of how Sean Miller likes to build his games. I wonder if he was uh, bemoaning their defensive issues and now is trying to kind of rule it back. And yeah, that was kind of my angle too, Jim, just how crazy the total was misaligned uh from the analytics and where the market had it. Kind of on the side, nothing profound here. Um, kind of leaned toward Providence, but I think it's laying a little too many at home. I know uh Providence at home, Providence as a dog at home would be you know a little more appetizing, but uh laying some margin doesn't excite me. I will
0: be on the fence. Yeah, Fryer's so tough, well coached. They haven't lost all year at home. They're they're perfect. 10-5 against the spread, you know, almost a plus five cover margin. I'm not fading that. Uh, three and a half points seems about right given Providence's home court advantage, given the fact that I don't think Xavier's quite the same team without Zach Fremantle. He's supposed to come back, by the way, hopefully for uh, maybe conference tournament action, but but hopefully for sure for the NCAA tournament. So maybe a buy low on them once that happens. But right now I'm staying away from Xavier. Lean towards Providence.
1: Yeah, I think the word Miller says that he he should start practicing this like midweek this week. So it, it, hard to expect him back for this game, but hopefully out there very soon. Next game we got is the Big Ten matchup: Penn State
0: at Northwestern. Amazing that this game matters this late in the season. Uh, would not have expected that in the preseason here. Northwestern's minus four at home. Penn State still has a chance at the dance. That loss to Rutgers really hurts, but. A win against Northwestern here would be their fourth Q1 win, their eighth Q one slash Q2 win with no bad losses. They'd be right there. Matt, your take on this game.
2: Uh, I mean, nothing profound here. Like again, you're talking about Big Ten home, Kai. Um, Northwestern, what's their home? I guess they've been the only team that's Welsh, been good actually right. away from uh whether oh, you're asking the
0: name of the home. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. What's their
2: <laughs> uh, what's their ATS splits? I know they've been better away from uh, away from home to most of the Big Ten teams, but still, I think the home road splits matter. Despite the uh, the kind of zig against the zag trend last night, Kai. Um, God, Northwestern, I just can't. It feels like maybe a, a clinker dead spot tonight with Penn State coming to town. But again, I'm not betting against a Big Ten home team. They're nine and
1: eight
0: at home.
2: I know.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. Nothing especially uh, jarring in that direction. I'm curious what Penn State's psyche is like after completely collapsing against Rutgers on Sunday. Likely blowing any potential chance at an at-large bid. Uh, Maybe if they win both games this week and a couple in the uh, big 10 tournament, they could get there. But I I tend to think that that collapse at home was maybe the the nail in the coffin for them. I still like that team, Kai. I like how they can space the floor um, and, and, give teams problems even despite not having size. But I also think Adige is a really good defender for Pickett. He's a fantastic 1v1 defender. He's big, strong enough to handle the the post-up stuff that Pickett likes to do. So I, I don't love that part of the matchup for them. But I don't want to lay it at home with Northwestern. So also going to sit this one out. Comment about senior night in the chat.
0: I believe someone looked back at senior nights and found that Teams and senior night actually had a negative ATS record or a bad ATS record. I the narrative I, of, oh, well, is senior night the home team's going to play better? It's it's false. It, it's if there's any extra um lean towards that in the market in terms of inflating the spread, I think you probably fade that. I'm not sure if there is in this game. I'm just saying, since it was brought up in the chat, I think that narrative's kind of it, it doesn't impact the actual game. I think it's there's just as likely to be
1: nerves, right? Like I, I sure. Think, yeah. oh, this is my last time yeah. I want to try to show out. And you're going right. to play
2: seniors that would normally play also at the uh, start of the game for sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, even
0: if a couple of three possessions, you wouldn't normally be playing, sure.
2: you know, backups reserves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in this game, ignoring that battle of maybe the two best backcourts in the conference, which is interesting. Um, Northwestern. I don't think they're going to rattle pick handling the ball. They've been really good at turning teams over this year. Pick about as solid as they come. And Northwestern's been really bad at defending the three, both from a three-point attempt rate and percentage perspective. Obviously, that's very bad against Penn State. Northwestern also can't really punish Penn State inside, which has been their weakness defensively. I lean towards Penn State at, at plus four here. Um, I think then keep it close. You know, famous last words. Northwestern's been quite good lately, better than my expectations. Next team here, the Iron Bowl. Auburn at Alabama. Alabama minus 10. My question is... Jim, so we just fade Alabama again. 0 and 2 against the spread since the Miller news clearly having an impact. But it is Rhode Auburn. So, I digress.
1: That that's my instinct Kai definitely kind of playing against Alabama here. That second half against Arkansas was really impressive, but we also have to remember the first half. Down at halftime, I think it was by 9, not looking sharp at all. But uh, Rhode Auburn has not been as bad this season as maybe uh we perceived over the season over the the past um, 6 and 5 against the spread basically even like it's not a total auto fade so getting 10 points double digits with a team that does seem distracted and maybe isn't quite as locked in with their game planning uh, and is more just kind of going from game to game I think towards the Tigers it is a big rivalry uh, so sure Alabama will be focused but I, I do think getting 10 in a big rivalry with Auburn like drifting towards the bubble uh, in a way I, I love the, the road mm. here Kai I think it's just a little bit too many Sorry, to Hearts
2: Yeah, hard stay away from me. I, I do think, um, yeah, you talked about how Auburn should have been fine away from home this year relative to their home, or away from home relative to their home performance. Um, in Alabama, I talked about this. Like, I, I just think that maybe we oversold the, the Brandon Miller thing. It's been two games, not rushed to conclusions with that. But the, the fact they are up pretty substantially over Arkansas despite shooting terribly, I think it just shows that their floor uh, is really high. I think people recognize their ceilings high, but their floor is really high. They can play consistently because they defend so well, um, especially with their ability to defend the rim. And that's where Auburn is the only, that's the only place they are like reliable scoring wise. Um, maybe this is the game you get the uh, the Wendell Green uh, breakout performance shooting. Um, he certainly feels due for one of those highlight real types of, of outputs. And we saw him do it to Alabama last season. I kind of lean toward Auburn, but nothing's strong for me.
0: I just don't know how it doesn't affect Alabama, the, the outside noise, because any time you're taking away from practice time and putting towards dealing with the media and putting towards other stuff is time. You're taking away from practice time and, and game planning um, and going to against a spread record. Cover margin is terrible in those games pretty much indicates that that's what's happening right now, but I don't really trust Auburn. Um, they haven't won a road game since January 21st or three sec wins in February. We're all at home. They're Mizzou, Georgia and Ole Miss they're three and seven straight up in the last ten, one and five ATS the last six. It hasn't been great lately. Jim said they are falling towards the bubble. Um I, I sort of think Alabama has its way with Auburn, but again, I do think the miller distraction is real. I think Auburn plus 10 is the way I'd lean if forced to choose a side in this game. Chat pop chat mob part one. Jim, what do you got?
1: Uh, Kai, going to you for a ten matchup leg show, our local squad, loyal Chicago four and a half point home favorite against Rhode Island, who you know has been mostly down this year. not a whole lot of up and down for them mostly down and no Brown Freeman got kicked off the team. that
0: gave them a bit of a a bump at first. you know, it seems like a chemistry uh, a juicer, I, I suppose when he got kicked off and the team rallied around. but they've been terrible um this season. I can't, can't trust them on the road they've been even worse on the road. Um, And Loyola has
1: shown a bit of fight lately, so I'd lean towards the Ramblers. Matt, in the ACC, Pitt is a a three-and-a-half-point road favorite at Notre Dame. They clinch a share of the ACC title if they win this game. This is also Mike Bray's last home game in South Bend. Where do you you see one shaping up from an emotional slash like nerves perspective for Pitt? What do you got?
2: Yeah, Notre Dame has been competitive, Um, but the fact that you have a motivated short road favorite in Pitt here um, legitimately tastes well, Jimmy chasing an outright ECC uh, title. On top of the fact that Notre Dame has basically five players right now, they also, they, they played Rob, uh, they played Carmody last game. They have no one else to throw out there because Starling didn't play and nor did um, uh, Hammond. Hammond. So think, yep. they basically have seven dudes. Now they're down to five. If, uh, Starling's already confirmed out for tonight. I don't have the update on Hammond. I'm sorry, but I, I kind of lean toward Pitt, even though it feels like a let's all put our chips in for the Mike Bray senior night hurrah
1: thing. Uh, I lean toward Pitt. Yeah, it's not, it's not ideal what's going on with their rotation. It's almost non-existent. Uh, Joey asked about the Texas A&M total battle, Commerce versus Corpus Christi. I should lean under, but actually digging into, like I said, the analysis around on February tempo, Commerce was up a little bit over possession. Pretty much every is down in average on average because of conference play. So when there are teams that are actually up, hard to really get excited about getting those unders. So staying away from the AM total battle, And from Kelly V, also in the same conference, New Orleans versus McNeese, I do want over there. Uh, I think that's going to be really, really up and down, especially the way New Orleans plays. Kai, in the NEC tournament starts today at campus site, St. Francis, Pennsylvania, SFU, is hosting Central Connecticut. Four and a half home favorites are the Red Flash. What do you think of this one?
0: I have not had a feel for Central Connecticut all season. Um, I would lean towards St. Francis. I think they are the much better team, but this conference is weird and parody uh, reigns supreme. I'd probably lean towards dogs in this conference tournament
1: just because I think home court means about nothing. Yep. I mean, if there's one home court that matters, it's it's the Saint Western Francis. PA travel, yeah. but still I, I think yeah. postseason maybe negates that it's not like one off in the yeah. doldrums of the season. I'm on uh, every that... road dog except for us. St. Hey, Francis various to both. of you, Kind of yeah. reading between the lines. There you go. Uh, Matthew, back to the A-10. UMass is an 11.5-point road dog at Duquesne, another team, Western PA, here in Pittsburgh. You riding with the Dukes, or are you going with the Minutemen? Uh,
2: Not at the current price, but I certainly like betting the Dukes off of a loss. Um, They've been one of the more volatile teams in college basketball this season, but they're playing to a very high level now. They're healthier than they were uh, for most of conference play. I kind of think they smash, smash UMass, but I don't really trust them um to lay margin especially with umass who is
1: healthier not all the way healthy but healthier so matt i gotta i gotta do it uh, our, our good pal spencer douglas asked if there are any other money lines like butler that you're feeling <laughs> <about>. <laughs> uh uh no no uh no official
2: money. you know Jim, they kind of come to me on the spot so okay. as we talk through the rest of the outline and second i have a chat mom maybe i'll throw it in there but yeah a little bit uh gun shy after butler completely how can Butler be that bad how can that team be that bad
0: it's nuts. It's what There, they, they can't possibly terrible. be that bad. It's a good question.
1: Chuck Harris. They took K-State to the woodshed. <laughs> Chuck Harris. Chuck um, Harris right. is actually minus 10 points. I agree with that. <laughs> we'll keep moving. Uh, Southern Indiana versus SIU. Edwardsville is coming in best bets. So holster that. Kai Tulane minus six and a half at East Carolina. Um, East Carolina, the only team in the country that hasn't blown out Tulsa recently. Mm. Uh, and that was a shorthanded Tulsa. And still no Javon Small for East Carolina. So what do you think? with the?
0: Yeah, I lean two lane. Minus six and a half on the road. S- spreads about right, in my opinion. But I would lean towards the better form team right now in early March, late February, sort of the time
1: frame. Yep, agreed. Yeah. All right, two more. And then we'll go back to the line. Matthew, Utah State, two and a half point road favorite at UNLV on the way to Vegas. Utah State desperately needs this one for tournament consideration. Do you think they get it? Yeah, I kind of like, UNLV here at the home dog
2: spot, but they just have not been the same team with their injuries throughout conference play Eli Park back out again uh, as one so of the guys Rodriguez and Rodriguez, Rodriguez I think really matters. Yeah. So it's a deep team. It's a team. I thought that would be immune to injuries, but the, the ones that they've had have mattered. Um, I mean, God, they're below 500 in conference play. So yeah, yeah. kind of like Utah State. I
1: talked through it actually. Hmm. Those we'll are their two plot. best perimeter defenders, Marquette right, and yeah. Rodriguez. I, I think that's going to show up. And they're built on defense, overlean so. as well. All right, last one. Before we go back to the outline, Kai, tell us about the Tigers. Tigers at Tigers, Mizzou on the road at LSU. Currently looking at a spread of Mizzou minus four. I lean towards our
0: Tigers against the Purple Tigers. Um, all Mizzou has to do is take care of business against two inferior opponents down the stretch here, and they can get a top four Top five probably now seed in the SEC. I think they can do it and get it done. Jim, we've seen this team have letdowns for sure. And LSU did uh end up beating um uh Vanderbilt the other day. Yeah. But I think I I think I think it gets it done here.
1: Yeah, I mean mizzou has not lost outside of quad one, knock on every bit of wood. True. So this would be Q three probably. Yeah, keep that going. Yeah. Uh, and, and get the win there all right back to the outline we have got seattle and utah tech for later and, and a few others from the chat so uh, kai back to you well,
0: let's stay in the sec we're going vanderbilt at kentucky another very big spread double digits kentucky laying 10 at home and they're rolling they're starting to look like the team i think we expected in the preseason cj frederick got in for a little bit last game played seven minutes but i think he's clearly a sign if he's getting healthier four straight wins matt four straight covers Vanderbilt had a nice bounce back after that LSU loss. They're six and one over the last seven games still have a prayer for the dance, but I would say they absolutely need this win to get their 10 point spread. Your thoughts. I like the Vandy boys. I've, I've kind of just thrown out the LSU game. Maybe that was, uh, you know,
2: I'm overly cheap picking my handicap here, but I really do you think the breadth of, um, uh, of, of games with Robbins back has been just overwhelming evidence that he is such a game changer. This seems different with them. Um, they just play much more in sync, on offense with a guy that can throw it into inside um, and on defense. My guy, like he had what? Nine blocks against Florida. He had five in the LSU loss. I mean, he just completely revamps their defense. So yeah, I, I don't know. 10 feels like a little bit of a light number against Kentucky, even though Kentucky's not all the way. Kentucky still talented, dangerous, all that stuff. I, I still lean toward the Vandy boys, Jim.
1: Yeah. This feels a little bit uh, going way back a while back when I think Kentucky laid about 10 to LSU and now Vandy is better than LSU and this Kentucky is way better than early January Kentucky. But I think they can kind of hang around, stay inside the number. Big, big battle inside with Oscar Liam Robbins. Robbins draws a ton of fouls. If you get Oscar in foul trouble, this thing gets really dicey for Kentucky. They don't want to have to go to Blair and Damian Collins as their chief interior players. They need Sheba out there on the floor. I think that's been a big part of the resurgence is his trending back up towards all American caliber of play. So keeping an eye on that one, Kai, potentially some live stuff if one or the other gets in foul trouble. If Oscar's able to, to put Robbins on the bench, I think Vandy has trouble too. So keeping an eye on that one if you're watching the game.
0: Yeah, game one wasn't close. I think you throw that one out because the Robbins right got in there. Kind of important against Kentucky's front line, Sheboy. I kind of lean towards Kentucky keeping it going, but 10 points is really darn high, and, and this Vanderbilt team is competent. So officially leaning towards Vanderbilt, um, Kentucky I think wins it. 10-point favorite, obviously, but Vanderbilt hang on. Next game, Big Ten, Maryland at Ohio State. Maybe some out there are a bit surprised by the short spread. Maryland just minus one at Ohio State. Also, Jim, Pum has this minus two. So to me, I think it's interesting that this line is not higher for the Terps, number one, because it's the Terps versus Ohio State. We know Ohio State's been playing. Number two, there's no Zed Key still for Ohio State. Smart market, perhaps
1: your thoughts potentially Ohio state actually looked really good last home game over the weekend got a nice victory over the Jekyll and Hyde squad that is Illinois on the other hand Maryland is Jekyll and Hyde but predictably they are home <laughs> Jekyll and Road Hyde i think that's yeah, the, right. the right split yeah, there the who is <laughs> i always have that uh, confused but i mean they've been awful on the road their their only road wins this year are Minnesota and Louisville like that's that barely counts at this stage no top 200 wins and the fact that we actually saw signs of life from Ohio State, I think, explains why the money's coming on the Buckeyes. That freshman classes, they're starting to assert themselves a little bit. Thornton's been really, really solid. One of the best, like, elbow jumpers you'll find in the league. He's so consistent at that. He and Sensabaugh. I actually lean towards Ohio State here, Matt, now that they're not completely mired in this disgusting total slump.
2: Yeah, I agree. And they played well against Penn State game before. Uh game was at home as well. So this is their third straight home game. I like backing younger teams, freshman laden teams, which is what this Ohio State team is at this point at home. Uh, I think it's I'd like to be catching like an extra point or two, I'll be honest, just given how bad Ohio State played before that. And I still believe in Maryland. Um, but Jim, you're right. They've been a completely different team away from uh College Park. So I, I kind of lean toward Ohio State. So
0: Yeah, and, and Cover again, eyes. it's it's strange to me that. The market has gone towards Ohio State. I agree with it, by the way. I'm with Ohio State as well, but it's surprising still. Maryland—they've arguably been, arguably been the best team in the Big Ten this past month. Eight and two against the spread, or excuse me, seven and three against the spread, eight and two overall. That that Ohio State win, though, I think that set them right, maybe a little bit. I don't want to overreact to one game, but that was an impressive game against Illinois. Maybe Key's absence has shaken things up just a bit to where the Buckeyes have more confidence going forward. Uh, maybe it's more conducive to the style of play of their freshman guards. We know they're talented. We think Chris Holton's a good coach. Um, it is a tough matchup from an experience lens. Maryland, much more experience. This is a very old team. They've been around the block times. And Ohio State obviously relies on freshmen. But at Ohio State, off that win, off that confidence, um, I-, I lean towards the Buckeyes here. Next game, Sam Houston at Stephen F. Austin. I knocked this game on the outline. Yeah, yeah. Stephen F. Austin minus one. It's a major game in the WAC, Matt. That's why I did it. Both teams might still be in play for a one seed in the WAC. I know Sam Houston is SFA might need a lot of help. Um, at least a two seed is in play for them. Sam Houston, fantastic year. Probably can't get in that large, but they're 22 and six. They want it. Utah. They want it Oklahoma. That's nothing to sneeze at. And SFA is a frustrating team. Your thoughts? Yeah. Big rivalry game too here. Right. Um, I, Sam Houston's
2: been quietly ho-humming the last few weeks. I don't think anyone's really taken notice. But, I mean, SFA's been solid, too. They've just been unable to close out close games. The the Arlington one comes to mind. I guess they did get that one at Abilene Christian. I forgot they actually won that game. I thought they lost that. But a um, hard toss-up for me here, Jim. I guess the one angle you might look at is the fact that Sam Houston uh, won the first one just on a basic principle in a rivalry game, just take the, uh, the other team in the rematch. SFA's health um, has now been... I mean, I guess, can we assume this is kind of the guys they have going forward? I mean, pretty much everyone's back except for Posey. I guess I lean SFA the more I talk through it, just given the fact that they lost that first one. Probably a better team, uh, a healthier team than that first matchup, although I think everyone played in that first one too. So, I don't know. Tough one to handicap for me.
1: Yeah, I I don't have a great angle here. SFA has been decent against the spread at home. Sam Houston State's been decent above 500 against the spread on the road. Remember, they won at... Oklahoma and utah to start the year i mean totally different scenario here three months later uh four later basically at this stage yeah kai i i think this one's a, a tough handicap i hope you've got something better since you uh you got it on the outline well sfa is a high variance team with the way they turn the ball over with the way they force turnovers
0: anything can happen game one was close but i trust sam houston way more than sfa they will score inside against SFA easily 62% in the first game. That's a given. They will get to the free throw line consistently and constantly. That's a given. So I'm going to trust the givens in this matchup. I'm going to trust the team. I trust more and take Sam Houston as a dog. Plus one. You don't see them as a dog very much. Um, lean their way. Last Cam game. Huffler, shooting it. Shooting What's it. Up? This is my guy. Cam
2: Huffer is my guy. Shooter. Yeah. Aussie. Sam Sam Houston makes no sense. in that team. Hmm. Complete outlier on that team.
0: Uh, next game, we snuck this one on the outline. Of course we did, because it's the weirdest matchup of the day and maybe of yes. the entire season. Chicago State is going to Gonzaga. Gonzaga's laying 27 and a half. It's a tune-up for the Zags pre-tourney. Very odd scheduling here. Nice of Mark Few uh, to do this, I suppose, for Chicago State. Jim, there's not really an incentive here for the for the Zags to to beat Chicago State by 40, but but they could. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it's going to be strange. I really wonder what kind of rotation they play in this game because boy would they feel dumb if they got someone hurt right before the ACC yeah. tournament playing a game that they did not have to schedule. Yep. So I would imagine second half you might not see Drew Timmy for more than like five minutes tops. So I think if you bet Gonzaga, you should bet a first half. Uh, I see Matt Akers in the chat mentioning Chicago State backdoor. Yeah, I mean. Chicago State's going to play this game like it's we need to win, we want to win. Last game of the year, independent schedule, they've got no tournament, this is it for them. Whereas Gonzaga, like the WCC tournament starts tomorrow. Gonzaga's Mm -hmm. not playing, but uh, this this is just a very strange one-off thing that I think is difficult with incentive-wise. I'm Chicago State full game, Gonzaga first half here.
2: I took Chicago State uh, first half and I guess it's kind of against conventional wisdom, but I do think that I think they're going to play a lot more of the unsung heroes, so to speak, in the first half the Zags are. And just put yourself in Mark Few's headspace. Like, where have the Zags consistently fallen short in postseason play? I, I think they've fallen short when they haven't been able to get out in transition, teams that have slowed them down. I think he uses tonight as, like, a let's practice like set plays, run half-court offense as opposed to, like, get up and down and, in you know, run, run. Although I kind of feel like it's just Zag is wired, so maybe I'm being a little bit too presumptuous there. That said, I like Chicago State quite a bit. I just they made every team they've played this year close. Like, they have not been blown out for the exception of two games early in the year. Now is the best team they've played, sure. But just something about the fact they've been there for this long, I think they're ready for it. There's a zero risk of, like, them folding because of a, uh, you know, just a fatigue or, or a tired factor. Uh, I think they keep it close. I really do. It's like, I think they're going to be down 30, and I'll just laugh at myself,
0: but I feel like they keep this close. Yeah, I mean, fatigue have not played since February 19th, right? They're they're they rested. resting. <laughs> they, they do have one more game after this at Fresno, but this is their their second-to-last game of the season.
1: Rest versus rust? I, Right. Yeah.
0: Ooh, right. <laughs> they, so Chicago State's been in Spokane a few days already. I know because they tweeted about it. Um, so they're acclimated to whatever environment they're in in Spokane they've practiced on the floor. They are scrappy underdogs, ATS, 13-8 this year against the spread as an underdog. I think this game's up to Gonzaga. My feeling is, my lean is, they don't care too much, but I'm not sure they can prevent themselves from blowing Chicago State out. Even if they play their backups, I don't think they can just try to not blow them out and still not do it. They are that good. They are that much better than Chicago State. So I I would stay fully away. I have no feel in this game. All right, Chat Mob Part 2, round it up.
1: Uh, I'm going to go to you for a whack question because you got SFA, Sam Houston on on the outline. So I know you're a whack loyalist. Mm -hmm. Um, Wacky whack. Seattle at Utah Tech. Utah Tech laying two at home. Anything for you on that game?
0: I'm a little surprised Seattle's a dog. Um, I I definitely am not giving Utah Tech as much credit as they probably deserve. Seattle hasn't played great recently, but I lean towards Seattle here plus two.
1: I know Grigsby last game for Seattle. That's important. Probably stay away
0: with with injury issues. That's probably why two. Yep.
1: Greg's v. Uh, all right, Matthew, you get another one from the. Work. I'm just to keep it in, keep it in the family here. I've got a small take on this game. Curious what you say. Southern Utah, minus five and a half, hosting Grand Canyon. So not too far from Utah Tech. I think about 30 minutes between those campuses. What do you think?
2: I uh, like the T-Birds, but I like them first half. It feels like a little too high. Um, I think the Grand Canyon's been playing uh, more as an over team, so I'm not as hesitant. To, uh, to fade them with teams laying margin because they're not playing as stuck in the muddy
1: as they as they were. Uh, I kind of like T-Birds. T- What's your lane? Over was my lane. Uh, over. Uh, Canyon. Someone mentioned in the chat they've been an over machine lately, playing a lot faster. Yes, agreed, and Southern Utah will run. So definitely into the over there. Kai, is 18 points too many for the Georgetown Hoyas heading to Omaha to take on mm-hmm. Creighton, who, by the way, just lost over the weekend I can see Creighton absolutely destroying them. I, I can too. I, I made this game eighteen as well. Um,
0: so line does not point me in, in either direction. Creighton's really good at home. Um, they need to get their net their their predictive analytics back up. Also after a couple of tough
1: losses, so lean towards Creighton blowing them out. What's Wahab's yeah, status? Like so, name? Didn't he just kind of like leave the team? I thought that was what his status is like. He's like just they going. have zero
2: chance to defend anyone at the rim without him.
1: And Villanova beat them by moving Cochran around with a five-man shooting threes. Georgetown cannot do that at all. I I think this is a big ol' smash for Creighton first half or full game. Up to you. Uh, Matthew, I'm going to ask you about a team that I know you don't like. That's Wagner. They're a two-point road dog (laughs) at Sacred Heart to start the NEC. Tell me why the Seahawks are about to go on a run. Uh, I got them on the card today, Jim. So
2: I have real dollars wagered on my Seahawks. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I am on all three road dogs in this conference tournament, except for Central Connecticut, who's going to Loretto, Pennsylvania. As I kind of mentioned, the one place I think has legit home court. Seahawks are just better than Sacred Heart. They've been up and down all year. They've played their best against the best competition. They won at merriman Won at Fairleigh Dickinson. They're just better than these weird, like. They got dragged down into playing a bad team and were disinterested in loss. So they're not a trustworthy team because they foul a lot and they're very frustrating. Um, But they're the most talented team in this conference, I think, top to bottom. I'm back and I'm here. Can I jump in? It's my best bet. Yes,
0: had a boy, Kai. My bad, Kai. Totally, totally forgot. Wagner plus two, best bet, best bet, best bet. It's actually mostly a gut play for me. Um, They're the best team in the NEC, I think, per per Matt's discussion. You know what? I'm going to back that up. They're the best team for Kempom. I'm not sure they're the best team. I'm not convinced because their offense is brutal. Their defense is great. I think the defense is going to translate to the tournament, to the NEC tournament. Like I've said before, besides Loretto, besides um, St. Francis university home courts, nothing in the NEC and they have a major rebounding edge. Best offensive rebounding rate in the NEC versus the eighth best defensive rebounding team in the conference. Wagner plus two is my best bet. So Matt and I are aligned here.
1: Let's go. Oh, love it. Sorry, Kai, for stepping on toes there. That's right just, there, Jim. Uh, just a brain yeah, fart. Merrimack's brain been far. really good. We, we should probably dub them the best team. That, that's the best I think, team. yes, Merrimack's yeah. the best team. They've been awesome. Yes. So uh, Another Southland total. Kelly asked about Sela and Houston Christian. This one's actually been bet down. I mean, it's open 165. Uh, it, they're, they're certainly anticipating a mega shootout here. Sela uh, also a three and a half point road favorite. I kind of yeah. lean towards the, the under the way the money has bet it. Um, Houston Christian isn't that fast offensively, but there's such a layup line on D that it's hard to get excited about any kind of uh, an underbet with them. No real take on the total. Kai, I'm going to go to you for Oklahoma at Kansas State. A big 12 game did not make the outline. Kansas State laying seven and a half to the Sooners. Uh, Oklahoma is probably an overall record away from being inconsiderate for the tournament. Like They've got eight quad one, quad two wins, but they're under 500 overall, so can't even think about them
0: that's yeah, wild right under 500 but eight q1 q2 wins that's the the big 12 someone's got to be the 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 low record team despite being a pretty good squad uh interesting thing i saw so every single big 12 team <coughs> outranks Pitt in, in Ken right now pit the <laughs> perhaps the acc champion every single team in big 12 rank, ranks higher than Pitt would be favored on a neutral that's wild to me um uh, just shows you the difference in conferences i think you ever so slightly I do love the, Oct- the Octagon of Doom, the home court. I don't think it's as big or, or as intimidating today against Oklahoma coming to town. And OU is really scrappy. They're tough. They hang around. So, you
1: Uh All right. I believe that is it for Chat Mob. Sorry if I missed anything. I tried to follow it, but may or may not have missed a game or two. Uh, best bets. Go to that, even though I already spoiled Cox. Come on, Jim. Lock it. Up. That's okay. Lock it Don't up. Worry it's about March. It. You got to be sharper. It's March. <laughs> All right. My best bet is South Florida at minus 14. They are taking on Tulsa. Again, this is mostly about Tulsa. Tulsa is terrible. They're 4 and 22 against the spread this year. 4 and 22 against the spread. That is shocking. 1 8 and 1 against the spread. Their last 10, not covering by an average of 9.7 points a game. Their only cover in that span was losing by two to East Carolina, a game they did not cover when I had East Carolina's best bet, but then they announced Sam Griffin out and the line kind of inflated up to three or four and they covered that that closing line. But Gra- Griffin and Pritchard still have been out for Tulsa. Now they've got to go to Tampa to play this game finale when they've clearly kind of rolled over given up. I, I don't think they have any interest in this game playing a team that they lost by 26 against two weeks ago. So Florida minus 14, long-winded way of saying that. Matthew, to you. This is kind of a put up
2: or shut up best bet for me with SIU, Edwardsville, uh, our Cougars, Brian Barone. Um, just a really tough close the regular season. As Kai kind of alluded to with his Wagner best bet, it's just a gut for me. Uh, they're going into a hostile environment. Um, this will be played at the Ford Center, which is a neutral venue in Evansville, but Southern Indiana is based in Evansville. They should have a massive crowd there. But SIU has already won at SI or sorry, USI, I should say uh, this season. And they won that game despite going four of 21 from three. They're just more athletic. They're bigger. I think someone of the Wagner angle, Kai mentioned again, they can just punish the inferior athletic team um, at the rim. And I think you just kind of put to bed all the recent uh, results that uh, you, saw from SIUE. I think you see more of the team that was phenomenal in the non-conference, uh, including, you know, winning at Slu, winning at Lloyd, uh being Troy nearly being Bradley at home for goodness sake. Um, and competed with uh, Mizzou for a, a hot second there. So yeah, I think it's a good team. Minus two. I guess a team that,
0: you know, good, but not great. I'll take it. Give me S-I-U-E. Uh Reminder on my best bet. Before I do, hit the like button, please, if you don't mind. Also, reminder, we have our live podcast coming up. Three-man weave live podcast at 1.30. We'll send out a link on our Twitter, so stay tuned for that. My best bet was Wagner plus two. Go Seahawks. Looking for the upset over Sacred Heart in the AC tournament. All right, thanks a lot, guys, for joining us once again on our Best Bet Show. Thank you to Bet Rivers. Thank you to Field of 68. We are back tomorrow, same time, 12 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you then. Good luck on your bet.